Okay, so we are in week three of this series, which is called Living on a Prayer. And as I've said, it's a title I completely made up. It doesn't come from anywhere else. Uh, but we're talking about prayer. And we're talking about what it means to pray and why we pray, how to pray. Uh, how important it is to pray big is what we're going to talk about tonight. But so far, we've talked about the template uh, where Jesus gave the Lord's Prayer. And he said, hey, this is how you pray. He didn't say you have to say this word for word every time, but he's like, you talk to God. You, you talk to God like you would someone that you trust, like you would somebody that you care about, like you would someone that you want to share everything with, because that's how we grow with him. That's how we learn more about ourselves. That's how we learn more about who he is. Uh, and that's what we talked about last week, just about real talk, about being legit, being who you are. Um, it can be hard, even with your best friend, even with family sometimes, to completely let everything out there. Now, hopefully, and as I've said, like when we went through relationships, like he mentioned, uh, you have friends, close friends that share your values, that share your faith, that, that are there, that you trust, that will listen to you, that you can talk to. But even then, sometimes we kind of hold stuff back. Uh, not even to hide it, but because we're afraid to be completely known. However, when we're praying, that's this time that we have to be completely real and completely ourselves and just to share everything because God already knows it. And so that's the really cool thing. He already knows it and he already loves us and he already cares about us. And he just is giving us this chance to share, to get it off our chest, to talk. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about a story from the Old Testament that isn't talked about a ton. But it's such an amazing story, and it's like historically accurate, as the Bible is, but it's this thing that when you hear it, you're like, how is that possible? And I don't know how it's possible other than God. And so this is from Joshua chapter 10, verses 1 through 13. Uh, there are a lot of names that are hard to say in here, so just bear with me. Adani Zedek, king of Jerusalem, heard that Joshua had captured and completely destroyed Ai and killed its king, just as he had destroyed the town of Jericho and killed its king. He also learned that the Gibeonites had made peace with Israel and were now their allies. He and his people became very afraid when they heard all this because Gibeon was a large town, as large as the royal cities and larger than I. And the Gibeonite men were strong warriors. Uh, so King Adonai Zedek of Jerusalem sent, Jer sent messengers to several other kings, Hoham of Hebron, Piram of Jarmuth, Japhia of Lachish, and Deber of Eglon, uh, Come and help me destroy Gibeon, he urged them, for they have made peace with Joshua and the people of Israel. So these five Ammonite kings uh, combined their armies for a united attack. They moved all their troops into place and attacked Gibeon. The men of Gibeon quickly sent messengers to Joshua at his camp in Gilgal. Uh, Don't abandon your servants now, they pleaded. Come at once, save us, help us, for all the Amorite kings... Uh, who live in the hill country, have joined forces to attack us. So that was a lot of names and a lot of information. Don't worry, there's not going to be a test at the end. Uh, but it was just to kind of set up what is going to happen. Like Joshua, uh, who followed Moses and who was leading the Israelite people at the time, this is before there was an Israel. Uh, it's before like they had taken their place as the nation. It's when they were still going into the promised land and still going through everything. And so they were at war. They were at war with a lot of people, and they were going after uh, the, the, the country that God had promised them, but they had to fight for it. And so you have all of these people going against them, uh, and that's how war works, unfortunately. And so they were setting on the side, and they're getting ready to fight them. And so Joshua is leading his people, and he's praying for God. And it, you may have heard the story of the wall of Jericho, where it's like this, this city that was surrounded by, at the time, like impenetrable walls. Like today we think about uh, tanks and weapons, and it's like nothing's impenetrable. But then it's like insane. And 
and God said, hey, Joshua, you're going to do this. Like, all you have to do is walk around it and blow a trumpet and praise me, and it's going to come down. And the people at the time had to be like, what are you talking about? Like, even then, when it's a much different time, and there's no tech and no cell phones and anything else, like, how is that possible? We don't even have to hit the wall. But it happened. And so the Israelites and, and Joshua knew God's power. They had seen him throughout the desert. They had seen everything that he'd done. They knew everything that he'd done. They're not that far removed from the, the plagues, from uh, being freed from, is, from Egypt, from the, the parting of the Red Sea, from all of these amazing miracles. And so they knew this had happened. Now, I say that because knowing that, they were so close to God that Joshua wasn't afraid to ask for anything. And so that's what I want to talk about with prayer tonight, because sometimes the most the most that we pray is when we have a test coming up or something or homework that's hard or we have to stand up and give a speech or a presentation or something hard is going to happen. And so we pray and say, hey, God, help me. Help me to have the answers. Help me to know what to study. Hopefully you pray that. Help me to uh, know what to say. Help me to have courage. Help me to have strength. Every time I preach on a Sunday morning or even now, uh, I, I pray for the ability to do it. I pray for peace. I pray for courage. I pray for confidence, whatever it is. And so we do that. And unfortunately, sometimes that's where we stop. It's like, God, please help me with this test that is coming up. But you see, with prayer and with God and with our faith, we can pray so much bigger than that. Now, he's not a genie, and it's not a thing where it's like, hey, God, help me to get accepted into Stanford without applying and get a full scholarship, and then also to get a million dollars sent in the mail to help me travel and everything. That would be awesome. But that's not how it works, because we still work for it, and we still move for it, and we still try for it, and we still go. But we can ask for big things, and then he will help to open the door. He will help to lead us there. And so I say all of that as we get into the uh, big prayer that he is about to pray. So Joshua and his entire army, including his best warriors, left Gilgal and set out for Gibeon. Do not be afraid of them, the Lord said to Joshua, for I have given you victory over them. Not a single one of them will be able to stand up to you. So already God is talking to Joshua and saying, hey, you're going to win. Um, it's, we look at the Old Testament sometimes, I think. I don't know how often you do look at the Old Testament, but it's amazing uh, to read and to actually look at. And I get that some of it can be kind of hard, like if you go through Leviticus and Numbers, uh, and if you're trying to read, like if you, for example, are trying to read through the Bible and you get to Leviticus, you get to Numbers, and there's all of this just information. Uh, I can tell you that even for adults, even for people that have been Christians a long time, that can be hard to read. Now, it's important uh, for various reasons, but, but it's still hard. So don't be discouraged there. But still, in the Old Testament, we see all of these different miracles and all of these different times where God talked to Moses, God talked to Joshua, God talked to Jonah. And it's like, well, why doesn't that happen now? And the answer is that it does, but just differently. And so we live in a very loud world. And so we hear things all of the time. We have TV, we have cell phones, we have school, we have sports, we have uh, church, we have all of these things that really didn't exist back then. And so we have all of this noise and all of these scheduling things and everything. And so God speaks in different ways. He speaks in our heart. He speaks through music. He speaks through people uh, talking to you. Uh, now, does that mean that he never talks to someone? Absolutely not. It, it's just, it's different. And so when we see that God talked to Joshua, it's not that he cared about Joshua more than you. It's not that Joshua is more amazing than we are. Uh, Joshua is just a person. And sometimes we forget that when we look at the Bible and we think, well, of course this happened. Of course that miracle happened because Moses was a hero. Moses was a murderer. Like Moses was just a regular person who made a huge mistake and dealt with anger issues his entire life. And yet he trusted God. 
David, we've talked about a lot, was a, a normal person. He was heroic and he was courageous, but he also was a liar and a murderer and committed adultery. And yet he continued to give his life to God and trust him. Joshua didn't have any of those huge things like that, but he was just a person. He was trying to do his best to lead God. And so all of us have that too. Uh, I think sometimes we hear the Bible stories or we read the Bible stories and we think, well, I, I can never do like that. Like, what do you mean pray big? Like, I'm just a kid. I'm just a teen. I'm just an adult. I'm just a board member. I'm just a Rob. Whatever it is, I'm just a blank, blank, blank. But it's the same for everyone in terms of the closer you are to God, the closer you feel him, the more you feel him, the stronger you feel him. And so the more you recognize his hand. Um, one of the things you'll learn as you get older, and unfortunately I'm on the back half of that, uh, as you get older, is you can start to look back way easier and sometimes more often and see where God led you. And at the time when you're living that, you don't really feel it. You don't really see it. You don't even really notice it. Uh, I know that back when I was in college, when I was in grad school, and I went through this dark time, uh, at the time I'm like, this, this is horrible. This is just the worst time of my life. How can this happen? And I'm not saying that God caused it, but through that, I learned so much about myself, and I learned how to rely on God, and I learned how to come out of it. Now, at the time, even as I was coming out of it, I never would have been like, man, I'm so glad this happened. Like, God clearly is teaching me a lesson. I didn't think that. I was like, okay, I'm going to try to go this step, and I'm going to try to go this step. But looking back now, I see, of all the, I see all these things that happen and all of these people that I met and all of these t things that I heard or read or, or learned or taught. And it's like, oh, wow, like God was there. I've used this poem a lot. Uh, I'm not going to tell the whole poem, but it's the footsteps poem. And so you have this person who's writing and they're like going over the course of their life and there are footsteps in the sand and they're looking at it and they're like, hey, there's two pair of footsteps there and it's you, Jesus, and this is so cool. And then it's like, wait a second. That's where I went through this hardest part in my life. And there's only one set of footprints. What's up? Where were you? And he's like, I was carrying. Now at the time as he's walking that, assuming this is like a real thing, it did probably feel at times like he was walking alone. But then as he looked back on his life, he's like, oh, oh, I get this. And so that's as you get older, we start to look back. And I say all of that to say we often sell ourselves short. And I don't just mean in confidence, but I mean in terms of what we can accomplish, what we can do, what we can ask for. And like I said, God's not a genie. And so it's not like, hey, I have to rub the lamp and I pray and I ask him for whatever I want and then it happens. It may not happen the way that you expect it, but it'll happen the way that you need it. And some big things happen, and that's where I want to go here. Joshua traveled all night from Gilgal and took the Amorite armies by surprise. The Lord threw them into a panic, and the Israelites slaughtered great numbers of them at Gibeon. Then the Israelites chased the enemy down along the road to Beth Oron, uh, killing them all along the way to Azka and Makeda. As the Amorites retreated down the road from Beth Oron, the Lord destroyed them with a terrible hailstorm from, a heaven, from heaven that continued until they reached Azka. They killed more. They killed more of the enemy than the Israelites killed with the sword. Okay, there it is. Uh, and then going on, on this day, the Lord gave the Israelites victory over the Amorites. Joshua prayed to the Lord in front of all the people of Israel. Now, before I get to his prayer, you're thinking, but they're winning. Like, why, what is the big prayer here? Like, what's the miracle? They're winning and God's already giving them victory. If 
uh, they get away, like they're on the run. If they get away, then they probably join with other places and other countries and other areas, and then it gets harder and harder. And it's not that they might have lost in time because God was with them, but a loss of life is a loss of life. And so Joshua is looking to help people live, even on the other side. Uh, and so they're hoping for this, and they're hoping for victory. And yes, they killed them because it's war, and that's how it works, especially then. But he knows if the night falls and they get away, then we're suddenly in a larger conflict, and then more people die, and then it's going to be so much harder, and then what is going to happen the next day? And so there's all of these worries and all of these stresses. And so just because they're winning doesn't mean that they still don't need to, to talk to God. Um, I preached this morning, before I get to this, I preached this morning, I preached about uh, Paul and Silas in prison, and they'd been thrown in prison for nothing. They did literally nothing wrong. They were just talking to people, helping people, and because they were Christ followers and because they looked Jewish, they were thrown into prison by the Romans. And so in prison, they're praying and singing to God, and they're praying for, for release and praying for help and praying for strength and all this stuff, and then there's an earthquake and everything opens. Now, every single person would see that and be like, okay, that's the path out. Like, we've won. This is it. However, there was a custom at the time, a law at the time, that if there was an escape from prison, then the jailer had to kill himself. And so Paul and Silas knew that. At least Paul knew it because he was Roman. And so they could have been like, hey, God opened the doors. He dropped our chains. We can go away. And they could have done that. And most other followers, probably all of our other followers of Christ, would have been like, yeah, this really sucks for that guy, but this is justified. Like, he made his decisions, and he was in the wrong place, and he did the wrong thing. And so, you know, I hate the loss of life, but you guys are free, and God did it. And they could have gone that way. And so sometimes, even in victory, even when we're winning, even when things are going well, it's about something else. It's about more. It's about other people. It's about another story. It's about helping. It's about being more, doing more. And so they looked at that and they stayed. And because they stayed, the jailer, like he's about to kill himself. And he's like, they're like, hey, we're here. And so he comes in and he, he says, hey, why? How can I be like you? And so he gets saved. And then his household gets saved. And who knows how other many people get, get, get changed by that. Because they stayed. Because even though they could have won, they knew that it could have been an even vic bigger victory if they just waited and trusted God. And so that's what we have here. Joshua knew that they were winning. And he knew that it was going to go okay, but he's like, this could help more people. This could show God. This could bring us stronger. And so we praise this insane prayer, and you probably get it if you look at the title. Let the sun stand still over Gibeon and the moon over the valley of Agilon. That is insane. That is insane. There's not a single person you can think of even throughout the Bible, other than Jesus, obviously, who would think to pray that prayer, because it's nuts. Because even then, when they have no understanding of space, of the solar system, of stars, who knows what they thought, like, revolved around what? We didn't even know until, like, what, 350 years ago what gravity actually was. Uh, and it's actually, you know, who knows? Anyway, even back then, this was insane. Now, they probably thought that the sun went across the sky like this, and you know, how we see it. But regardless, they prayed, Joshua prayed for it to stand still. And it's not in even what he asked for, it's that he trusted God. And it was a big prayer. And so the next line is, so the sun stood still. Because if it didn't stand still, then I have no point in what I'm saying. The sun stood still and the moon stayed in place until the nation of Israel had defeated its enemies. 
And so it literally stopped. The day stopped. Now we know that the sun didn't actually stop like it did, but the rotation, whatever stopped. Like time stopped, however it worked. God made it happen. And it happened. What? It happened. Yes, it happened because Joshua prayed this big prayer. And like I said, I go back a little bit to where we pray for help on the test. That's cool. That's good because getting good grades is awesome. It's very cool. I loved good grades. I was forced to get good grades, but I still loved them. I felt good about myself. Uh, And so it was important to me. And I'm sure hopefully it's important to you guys. If it's not, at least passing is important. Whatever it is you pray for. And so we pray, just as an example, Lord, help me to do good on this test, to do well on this test. I would have failed a grammatical one just there. Help me to do well on this test. Simple prayer. Good prayer. What can we do to make it bigger? What can we show a more of a dependence on God? How can we pray bigger? Uh, not get a perfect score. I'm not saying like that, but maybe help me to retain this information for my future use. Or help me to find something in this that will help me further. Uh, help me to learn this and to do well on the test, but then to be able to take this knowledge and find what I want to do with my life. There are all kinds of big prayers. Now, some of you are getting close to college, and so there are a lot of prayers that go into that. Even if you know your calling, even if you know what you want to do, there's a lot of prayers like, what's the right college for me? Uh, what's the right major? How, how can I do this? What are the right number of hours? Which class should I take? Like, There's all of these things. And even through high school and middle school, it's like, how can I figure out who I am, where I'm going? How can I find myself? How can I find my path? All of these things are good prayers. But you guys are worth even bigger than that. And so instead of just finding it, how can I thrive in this? How can I help other people? How can I make the sun stand still, so to speak? And most of why we don't do that Number one is because we're conditioned to just have a regular prayer because that's what we hear, that's what we know, that's what we see. Uh, just pray for help when we need it. Pray for, uh, pray thanks when we have something that we that was good, etc. We that's fine. But we also don't think that we are as worth it as Joshua. And maybe none of you have thought about Joshua before tonight. But think whether it's David or Peter or whoever in the Bible, whoever that you think of as a hero. We don't really put ourselves on that level. And I'm not saying that in terms of ego, because I'm not saying that. But that same God that answered Joshua's prayer is listening to ours. And maybe it's not going to happen the way that you want. Maybe you pray for an A. And you're like, I pray for retaining this. Or I pray for help down the line in this class. And you get a B, or you get a C. And yet through that, you realize this isn't my thing. Uh, when I was in high school, I was absolutely going to be a doctor because I was told I was going to be a doctor. And so I was looking at medical schools already, and I was looking at chemistry and science and everything, and then I had an English teacher my senior year, and I wrote a story that turned into the book that's published, and, and I felt something different there. And so everything changed. And then everything changed again in college, and then everything changed again after college. And so things can change as long as you're open, but, but my point is... We have all of these worries and all of these stresses and all of these, I'm positive this is how it's going to work out. Never, ever would 18-year-old, 17-year-old Jeff have been like, God, help me to become a pastor one day. Because that wasn't even on my radar. And it's not that I didn't 
think it was, well, I didn't think it was possible because I couldn't speak in public. But it's like that wasn't even on my radar. And yet that's what was in store for me because I kept being open. So we don't have all of the information necessarily for what we pray for, but we also don't have to limit ourselves to help me to do this, help me to do that, because who knows? Who knows what will happen? Maybe you're going to be the person that that finds a cure for cancer. Maybe you're going to be the teacher that just matters so much to a kid's life that they become the person that finds a cure for cancer, or they become the person that is a teacher. And something like, There's all kinds of ways to make a difference. But it all starts with being willing to say, God, help me with this big thing. God, give me this big thing. And then following him and trusting him and doing everything you can to show that trust, to show that faith, to show that dependence to everyone else. That's all I got.